This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. The content found on TheBestDayEver.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Dear Dave, my friend, a 21-year-old girl has been on antidepressants on and off for the past six years and is eager to get off these, and the damage that they do to the brain and the hormonal system seem pretty severe. What are the best strategies to repair this damage from long-term use? Her symptoms include exhaustion, depleted sex drive, night sweats, light acne in her chest, and poor sleep. She just began the Organic Excellence Feminine Balance Therapy Progesterone Cream this past week. Okay, that's good. That's good. I think that's a good step. Um, it, there's nobody is really sure what the exact side effects of all these drugs are, and and what they what it all means, and exactly what systems are being harmed. But my feeling is is that we got to go back, ancient, old, brand new, and and that brings reishi mushroom into the equation. And I really like the the reishi mushroom encapsulated powders for for this type of situation because they work. I, I like the big. 500 milligram or 1,000 milligram like reishi mushroom encapsulated powders that aren't just mycelium but could also be um, – they could also be extracts of fruiting bodies. They could also be a little bit more bitter, more the bitter side of reishi. As Ron Teagarden says, he says the bitterer the better when it comes with reishi. And that, that kind of product, you start out small, of course, just like anything, kind of get used to it. But really working your way up to like 15 capsules a day, maybe even of 1,000 milligram capsules – so we're looking at like 15,000 milligrams of, of reishi in a day. And that's, that's that Shen stabilizer idea that comes out of Taoism. That, you know, Shen stabilizer meaning it's kind of like works with anxiety, works with neurological disorders. And, and so that would be one recommendation. Another recommendation is full liver cleanse and going into lemon juice, beet juice, a Shizandra goji combination. Um, drinking um, lots of water, actually chronic dehydration and low uh, low quantity of the right kind of salt is also a factor too. In fact, my feeling about pharmaceuticals in general is that they deplete sodium. They deplete salt because salt's like a neutralizer. And so when suddenly, you know, it's like really bad herbalism. I mean, pharmaceuticals is like the worst type of herbalism ever, just, <laughs> just to get completely clear on all that. What is it? It's they're isolating certain compounds out of the natural world and then just dosing everybody completely at random, which is really bad herbalism. I mean, even an herbalist wouldn't just dose somebody with a single herb, definitely not a single extract of a single herb, and definitely not a single extract that's been concentrated pharmaceutically. It would have to be backed up, and we'd have to look at the overall full spectrum of the person, right? So it's like this whole thing of pharmaceuticals is just really it's herbalism, but really bad herbalism. And when somebody is even taking herbs or when they're on an herbal program, let's say you're on, on tea, you know, you're making all these herbal teas, even gynostemma tea, something like that, which I recommend in this case, by the way, gynostemma, you're going to do, you're going to do the, the water, your tea and salt. You put sea salt in the tea. And essentially this is kind of like, the bottom line cure-all of everything is warm, salty water. It's broth. 
essentially. If you think about broth, what's a broth? It's warm, salty water. And <laughs> that's kind of the bottom of everything. And I, I got to put words to that because it's amazing how much that doesn't really fly across most people's first choices to what to do when they've been put out of balance. Drink warm, salty water is what I'm saying. And it's just a good neutralizer more than anything. And it it also brings you that comfort. You know, the other day I had just warm, salty water, didn't even have any tea in it um, after just really, really long days, really, really long weekend. It's amazing how comforting just that was. It's kind of like the basis actually of chicken soup. You know, when you hear about chicken soup, what's that? It's really just warm, salty water. Right, and a right. little bit of a little bit of chicken fat, right? It's like a little bit of oil. That's what it is. You could put a little bit of cacao butter in there, and boom, you got that's your oil, and all of a sudden you got warm, salty water with a little cacao in it. And that, you know, what what's better to soothe your sorrows? So that would be a recommendation. And then I, you know, I'd go the direction of looking at, um, you know, hoshu wu and things that are just really comforting, and they're great. Hoshu wu is great as a comforting tea, as well, and just kind of has that anti-anxiety. Um, adrenal support, Shen stabilization kind of property. And keep it real simple. You know, Rishi and Hoshuwu is a great two herb combination. You don't want to do too much too quick and then just work on the liver, work on cleansing the liver. And then make sure you get your, your omega threes, you know, your long chain omega threes, your DHA, EPA, and ALA. Make sure you get your B vitamins in. B vitamins also appear to be depleted by pharmaceuticals and by drugs in general, isolated pharmaceutical compounds, you know, because B vitamins are kind of neutralizers as well. And then have your green, your green juice and, and your green um, powders, chlorella, for example, as again, more neutralization effects. So that's, that's the basics. Okay. Those are some great pieces of advice. And, you know, one thing that I think people um, are looking at maybe for a little bit of answer uh, to this quandary is, you know, there's millions of Americans and they're going to their doctor's office and say they're a little bit overweight or they've got some, you know, condition and the doctor says like, how are you feeling? And they say, well, I've been a little bit down. I've been depressed. I lost my job. What they're see- seemingly doing now is just anytime anyone says that they're unhappy, depressed, bummed out, you know, just sad, they're immediately uh, giving them a prescription for an antidepressant of some sort. And, you know, people that I talk to and just, you know, the, the, the medical field of people that I'm dealing with here, it, it is like the number one prescription now is these antidepressants. What do you say to people that like go to their doctor's office and they reveal that they're unhappy or sad and they say, okay, take this antidepressant? Like in that situation, what do you do? Do you get a second opinion? Is there even a second opinion that's valid? It, it's a good question. I, one thing I'd recommend doing is definitely getting a second opinion and, and, and where, where to turn. I'd go completely the other direction. Go towards alternative methodologies, time proven methodologies. For example, go, go, you know, get yourself a, into a fitness program. I just read this book. What was the name of that book? Um, it's a, it may, it's, what was it? Um, oh, it's like Blink. It's like Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, but it's a similar name like that. And it was all about exercise and mental prowess and how it sorts you out what's going on upstairs, how exercise actually can get your mind working properly. The antidepressant effects of exercise is pretty Mm. profound. I ended up giving it to somebody when I was in Australia. So that's why the name of the book didn't really stick with me. I'll have to think about it. It'll pop in in a minute. But, you know, that's one direction to turn. Another direction to turn is herbalism and, and health and just getting your body completely cleaned out and, and 
I find I you know what I see when people are depressed, you can see there's a haze on them because they've got all this undigested stuff in their colon. I just see that, you know, right. you get to see it. And so getting a colonic, getting all that undigested stuff out, getting your intestines out just to get a brighter and happier you in into your body, that's really a good idea as well. And noticing the connection too, that's a big part about what I like to inform people about is that there's a connection between your level and state of mind, your level of energy and your kind of level of happiness and what's going on inside your your physiology. It's easier to feel, feel happier when you have a clean physiology, when your intestines are cleaned out, when you have a lot of energy, when you're in fit, you're fit, when, you know, when everything's just there, it's easier to feel better and it's harder to feel bad. It's harder to feel depressed. Now, there are um, chemical depressing, chemical depressant types of situations where somebody has a, like a chemical imbalance in their neurology where they're kind of chemically, you know, not where everybody else is. For example, some people need extra amounts of omega-3 fatty acids. I remember years ago, well over 10 years ago, I had a friend who really felt like he never could really be right neurologically unless he had massive amounts of fish oil and massive amounts of maca. That, that really sorted him out. And he that and he got there through the through experimentation, the trial and success method. He kind of figured that out for himself. And so there are natural solutions, but the pharmaceutical solutions, it's a racket. It's just bad herbalism. Again, let me just kind of clarify this. Where is 75 percent of this medicine coming from? It's coming from isolated concentrates from plants that are originally identified in plants. Then they're taking those isolated substances. They're producing them synthetically from other plants usually, and they're concentrating them in, in a pharmaceutical kind of way. And then just putting that out there into the population completely without checking the, you know, the person's history, the person's biology, what's going on with their nervous system, what's happening with their relationships, you know, all the other factors that fit in. I'm a believer in alternative medicine, which, which takes people as complete human beings. Everything is considered the history, the relationships, what's happening, you know, as the person is developing, what's, you know, what's their, what's their karma, you know, what's happening on that level. And all those factors have to kind of fit into a healing program. And I just don't find, find that medical, modern medicine, is able to meet those needs. Modern medicine has its role, putting people back together when they've been torn apart. Beyond that, it's not doing the job. It's a big racket. It's bad herbalism. We need to kind of go back and figure out those basics, just those simple herbal components. You know, for example, um, you know, happy stuff like goji berries, you know, a handful of goji berries, the highest natural source of lithium. And we all know that lithium connection oh, with yeah. depression. Right. Remember that you yep, give yep. somebody's depressed, you give them lithium. Goji berry is the highest natural source of it, as it turns out, recently found out. And the old Taoist philosophy on goji berries is a handful a day keeps you smiling away. Excellent. Excellent. OK, dear Dave, I have a weird problem. I found some years ago that after eating beetroot, I would have incredible pain to the point that it would be hard to walk. I stopped eating beetroot and a problem. I take thyroxin because I have Hashimoto's, and after hearing what you said about beetroot in the liver, I'm determined to try it again. I cultured it to see if it helped and ate about one teaspoon, and within a couple of hours, the pain came back again. I want to help my liver because I always have bloodshot eyes, and I would imagine that it is a liver thing and beetroot is for the liver. Any suggestions that you have, thank you in advance for any help you can give. Great. Okay, so this is a great example of some things are not for everybody. It's, it's a law of nature. It's, it's the bell curve and everything falls in that bell curve and some people fall out of that bell curve. So this is one of the reasons why when I'm talking about beetroot, I will give other options 
And actually, my new book, I, I just finished a book, Lucian. I think you're going to be happy with it. It's the update of the longevity now combined with the hormone book, combined with a whole other book. So it's oh, like three nice. books in one. Super, super happy about it. But one of the things I do in that book is I go into the whole thing about betaine and the liver cleansing properties of beet. But I also give you a lot of alternatives. One of those alternatives is goji berry. Goji berry is just as powerful as a liver cleanser, maybe even more powerful than beet. Although, you know, pretty much the research shows beets number two. Actually, you know, it was number one. And I, I knew there was something else out there. And I, I found this when I was in South Africa. I found this in a book. Number one is actually choline, like what's in what's present in, in raw egg yolks. Super powerful methylator. It's a tetramethylator. So there's trimethylators, like that's trimethylglycine. That's what's in goji berries and beets. But actually, egg yolk is even higher than that. And does it have to be eaten raw? It has to be eaten raw because choline is very sensitive to heat. You know, the whole thing about eggs, if you, somebody's going to eat eggs, they need to kind of do that sunny side up idea, which is you cook the albuminous part, the white part, and you keep the center part raw. That's the way to do it. You know, according to if I had to put my best foot forward, that's what I would say based on all the research I've done on the subject. And another thing that's very interesting here, too, another option, a vegetarian option is just to actually get trimethylglycine and dimethylglycine just to get those kind of products and play around with them because you're not dealing with any of the other alkaloids in beets. For example, this person could be allergic to oxalic acid. It could be an oxalic acid reaction. And that's you know, that's why they're getting they're reacting to beets. It might not be, but that's that's a possibility. Or you know something other something else that some other alkaloid that's in beets that's not going to be present in a in a purified product like trimethylglycine. And I played around a lot with trimethylglycine. I really like it. I was inspired to get into it by um, Dr. Patrick Flanagan years ago. I think it was back in 2006. And uh, it's something interesting. It's it's got it's got some magic going on, and I still use it. And one of the reasons why I use it is because. If, if spring water has been sitting around for a while, I just put a little trimethylglycine in it, spin it around a little bit, and all of a sudden it, it tastes like fresh spring water again. It really, there's a that carbohydrate, the beginning of carbohydrate formation, the methyl group, the CH3 group. In my opinion, I think Victor Schauberger was right on top of it when he said that spring water has the very beginning of carbohydrate formation, which we know today is a methyl group, and it's a flavor thing that you detect in spring water. It's definitely, it's definitely there. And that's something else, too, is great liver purifier, fresh spring water, for that reason. And, Dave, would you see any connection between the fact that um, they, they can't tolerate beet or beetroot and their Hashimoto's? Is there any, like, could there be any connection between those two? Absolutely. There absolutely could be a connection. Um, one, of the, one of the connections, I'd have to look into this, could be goitrogens. There could be um, thyroid inhibitive substances in beet. I, I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head what's the goitrogen level of beets, but it could be high, and that might be a factor that's that's causing this to happen. That's causing the reaction. It, when somebody has that strong of a reaction, that's that's basically on the level of an allergy. And my you know my advice in that situation is you got to just go to another food. You can't be pushing through something like that. It's just too disrupting to the system. And do you all, just to follow up with that, do you find the people who adopt like a certain quote diet, like they're going to stick to this diet come hell or high water, like they're just going to juice kale 24 seven or they're just going to eat, you know, broccoli or whatever, that situations like that more often than not can occur in someone with maybe like a frail constitution? Yeah, where they, they actually get topped up on the alkaloids in that food and they start becoming allergic to it. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super common in the raw food scene. I was just with a very good friend of mine, 
who I hadn't seen in many years, actually. And um, actually, him and I, we went out to see Woody, Woody Harrelson, a couple of days ago. We had a great couple of days with Woody. It was amazing, good times. You know, it was like old friends reunited. I hadn't hung out with Woody at his house in many, many years. And we just had such a good time. And we were talking because we hadn't seen each other in, in years. And I'm talking about my friend Ethan. We were talking about raw food stuff because, you know, this guy's a hardcore raw food guy who's lived it. You know, lived in Maui, used to collect all the coconuts for all the health food stores, like wild coconuts, started that whole business of cutting wild coconuts open, having fresh coconut water in health food stores. He's just, you know, really a real earthy kind of guy who's really lived raw food. And we were talking about that. And he was like, you know, he was like telling me, you know, mango, there's a certain amount of mango that he can handle. And boom, it goes over that limit and his body reacts. Cashews like that, too. Like he's if he has a certain amount of cashews, boom, his body reacts and and he can't really even eat it anymore. He can't eat cashews anymore because he overdid it. I mean, we you know we all have, and some people have developed kind of allergies to these foods, even if they're super naturalist kind of Tarzan type of people like Ethan is. And that's kind of cool, you know, to kind of know what your limits are. But sometimes you do you know you do push your limits a little bit too much, and then your body will push back and react. All right, cool. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.